This week on Inside Motorsport, we speak with Paul Gover on the upcoming Bathurst 12 Hour. I hope you'll stay with us. It's a pleasure to be joined by Paul Gover to talk about the 12 Hour of 2020. Hey, it's great to be here. Great way to start the new year, always. It is a fantastic event, and Paul, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you is you are a class winner of this event. What was that, about five years ago now? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, time's getting away from me, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I was lucky to be chosen with a bunch of guys who did a great job, and uh, and uh, Luke Yildiz anchored us home, and we came away with class win. Luke and your other teammate, Matt Campbell, who has uh, obviously taken all your training on board. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes, Matt Campbell. Uh, he, uh, he owes everything to, to me, you know, he, he would be nothing. Actually, he didn't, uh, he didn't drive in our car that day. Uh, he was entered in the third car uh, that they put into the field uh, to ensure that we could actually, excuse me, compete as uh, as genuine class contenders. So, what is a twelve-hour race like, or an endurance event of this type like, compared to the other racing that you had done over your career? Yeah, um, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. You know, from five lap sprints. Actually, I did a twenty-four hour race in America once. Although it turned out to be about a 20-hour race when the car uh, chassis failed, but um, the thing about the 12 hour is it's at Bathurst, um, so it's a, a really, really tough circuit. It's early in the year, so it's hot as you know. What's that line? Hot, damn hot! Um, it's really, really hot. So it's a very tough race. Um, there's a lot of speed differential, although that's changed this year. It's mostly all GT3 cars this year. Uh, in 2020, but the year we did it, uh, we were in a Fiat 500, would you believe? There were three of the cars, and uh, we were clearly the slowest in the field, uh, which meant we got a great view of um, the fast cars going past on a regular basis, but it also meant you actually have to concentrate probably harder in a lot of ways in a little baby car because you're trying to go as fast as you can for what you're doing without holding the fast guys up, but without losing time as well. It has become one of the marquee races across the world. And that has really uh, been highlighted by the fact of the quality of entrance. It was a big risk for James Sullivan back to push for the style of race that this race has now become. Yeah, I think, you know, it was a very bold decision to go with the thing. Um, And if you look at the sort of cars that ran, you know, I also competed um, back in the day... uh, when there were production, you know, when it's basically a production car race, I, I was very blessed, and I, here I go again, um, I co-drove with Peter Brock in a Peugeot 405 one year in a 12-hour. Um, but in those days, it really didn't have the impact. And I think um, luck, skill, whatever you want to call it, um, GD3 racing has become very, very big around the world um, with factory teams, but also wealthy privateers, and the 12-hour taps into that and it's also an event now, which means that anybody can race at Bathurst. Um, when I say anybody, you obviously need some degree of skill and a fair bit of money, but it's not like the Bathurst 1000, which is basically a closed shop um, for people who know how to drive a supercar, and they're not the easiest thing in the world to drive, I have to say. Bathurst also captures the attention of international competitors and teams because it is a challenge up there with the best racing circuits in the world. Absolutely, uh, and uh, and every time I go there and head out onto the circuit, I think, gee, I'd forgotten how narrow this place is. 
and how fast it is. You know, it, it has a very, very high average speed. And it's not just because, you know, you have Conrod Strait and Mountain Strait, you know, where the cars tap out a fair bit. But right across the top of the mountain is very fast, very, very fast these days. Um, and yet it's very narrow. And there's no, apart from Matrilomy with a big runoff there, if you make a mistake, you're going to hit something and you're going to hit it pretty hard. It's almost certainly going to be made out of concrete. Now, if you look at the sort of autodromes that are built around the rest of the world, there aren't very many uh, old-school circuits like Bathurst Left. Even the Nürburgring, um, in some ways, is more uh, forgiving than Bathurst is because although you might hit something, there's lots more armco around at uh, Nürburgring, whereas uh, Bathurst is all concrete walls. When we look at a competition that we're going to see upwards of 40-odd cars... Yep. What now that we don't have those huge variations through classes that we used to? Yep. What What do you think is going to make or break this year's twelve hour tactics? I think what what the twelve hours become a little bit like thousand in some ways, um, in that it'll come down to final sprint um, from whenever the last yellow flag is. Um, so it's all about track position through the day. But the thing I love about it is, although there's a balance of what's called a BOP, balance of performance, so the cars are supposed to do the same lap time, they achieve it in very, very different ways. Um, so, And the other thing is, you can stand it at Bathurst, and unlike the, 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 the thousand, turn and look away from the circuit. You can tell what the cars are going past just by the sound they make. So the Bentley has a big thundering V8 sort of noise. The Audis have a syncopated you know, 10-cylinder noise. The Lamborghinis have a howl, you know, everything sounds different. And so the cars, are, uh, they look different, they sound different, and they make their speed in different ways. So it's interesting to watch the tactics of how people position themselves. I mean, last year, um, Matt Campbell, lovely man he is, managed to bump and run uh, to get past the lead uh, with, an, with an Aston Martin. So he had Porsche against Aston Martin with Bentley also doing well. So... There's a lot of variety in the race, and it means that the thing can be mixed up a lot. And uh, really, you have to be on top of the tactics. So I spoke to Roland Dane actually on Thursday uh, this week as I was making some preparations for the race, um, and he was saying that basically um, this year is going to be the toughest one yet and the fastest one yet. Um, he seems to think obviously he's running Mercedes Benzes this year, and he's got factory support, including a factory driver. But if you have a look at it, you know, Craig Lance is driving a Porsche. You know, there's all sorts of weird stuff that's going to happen that makes the 12-hour interesting and shakes up the expected pecking order. And whilst the balance of the cars are the GT3s, the level of drivers is where the class battle is going to be seen, where you have fully professional teams, professional amateur teams, silver teams, and then a sprinkling of GT4s, and then, of course, the Australian mark cars as the invitational yep. class. Yeah, there's always something different going on, you know, and, and every time you think you've seen everything, something else, you know, there's the Genetta or something that turns up every year and those KTM crossbows. Um, so, you know, there's always, no, I don't think the KTMs are there this year, but in the past they've been there. And so there's always something different going on. And also you, there are some, you know, at the front, the drivers are as good as anybody in sports car racing anywhere in the world. You know, this weekend, Chaz Mostert has just come back. to will be flying back, having won his class in the Daytona 24-hour race in a BMW, and he's jumping into a BMW again at Mount Panorama. So that's the level of... The, I mean, obviously, Chaz is very, very good in the supercar, but it shows where he fits in the international situation, and there are dozens of those guys turning up this time. 
you know, it's you walk down the pit lane and go, oh, I think I know that guy, or he was in this, or he was in that, or you know, he's won this championship or that championship, you know, and and they're not just, you know, they're not just rich plonkers. They're guys who are fully paid professionals and they're injected into teams out here and they're expected to win. We see less and less relevance of motor racing and the motor industry. Is the 12-hour and GT racing where this still crosses over or have we gone to the days where the motoring industry and motorsport are synonymous? No, the the one thing about the 12-hour is actually it is relevant. Um, For example, this year, um, Mercedes-Benz, Audi and Porsche are all running press launch events around the 12-hour to show off their cars, get journalists there. Um, There is lots of um, showroom display type stuff at Bathurst. You know, um, McLaren always have a really good display. Bentley has a good display. They know that the people who are going to that race are their target market. Um, they're not the people who are going to be going to a local supercars race. They're making an event out of going to Bathurst. Um, and the cars themselves, um, although, you know, they're obviously not really a road car at all, um, and in fact, having driven up, I drove up there recent, uh, a couple of years ago in an Audi R8, and I went quicker down the straight in a road car just with a helmet on um, than the race cars had gone because of the way that they're slowed down at the arrow on them. But the thing about them is they are still recognisable as as, cars, as production cars and they start their lives as a production car. The other thing about them is they sell lots and lots of these cars. So actually they're their own showroom. Um, last time I checked, Audi had sold to customers more than 150 R8 GT3 race cars. And I think Mercedes-Benz is in the same sort of range. So they're actually they're relevant because actually people are buying them as well, not to use on the road, obviously, to race, but they are a production car in, in that sense. So is local knowledge, Paul, going to be the key to victory at the 12-hour in 2020? No. Uh, not from, If you're talking about driving, no. Uh, I think if you're talking about a combination, so something like, so Triple Eight Race Engineering going there, they are a very, very strong, proven team who know Bathurst and the tactics. I think that does make a difference, a big difference. But the level of drivers that you have coming to this race now are so good. You can't say they're not as good as the locals because they are, and and a lot of them are better than the locals. Um, They're very, very top-level blokes. You know, a lot of them could easily have made it to Formula 1 with the right brake. So that's the sort of level of driving that we have. But I think it's interesting that, um, uh, talking again to Roland, he was looking forward to the tactical side of the race. Um, and I think that's where the, the the local Aussie teams, as distinct from crews, um, do have an advantage because they know what batters can throw up and they also know the importance of track position. Mm. Well, Earl Bamber Motorsport is the defending champion of this race. And unlike last year where Earl was establishing his team and just being the team manager, this year he's jumping in a car with Craig Lowndes. So that will have immediate attraction and name recognition to the public. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There'll be a lot. Each year, the interest in this race grows and it's going to continue to grow. Um, You know, um, more and more Aussies are getting a ride in these things because, yes, the the internationals come along and it's a quick way to get local knowledge and local understanding of the circuit tyre, some local drivers for the thing. Roland was telling me the other day, this is the first time since Triple Eight was formed that Craig Lance will be competing against his supercar team. So 
just that is going to add a little bit of frisson to the whole thing. You know, he, Jamie and uh, and Shane are driving the Mercedes Benz with the with the Triple Eight squad, and then uh, you've got Craig off doing this thing with with Bamba. So, you know, there's a lot going on everywhere you look. There's something different uh, happening up there, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the race. Well, Paul, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, and and congratulations on uh, was it the Automotive Aftermarket Australian of the Year award? Yes, yeah, I just found out about that yesterday. I'm really surprised and and gratified that. You know, I do. I've been working in this business for a very long time. I love what I do, but it's uh, it's always nice to have somebody else recognise um, what you do and the amount of effort you put into what you do. Paul, always a pleasure to talk to you. I'll see you back next week, I'm sure. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.